No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we return to the book of Amos, as the prophet warns the people about the day of the Lord, which will be a time of mourning and darkness. We hope you join us as we continue in Amos chapter 5 on Simply the Bible. At the beginning of chapter 5, the prophet Amos took up a lament or funeral dirge for Israel. They were a dying nation, but they didn't know it. They made a mockery of justice. They hated those who spoke the truth of God. They took bribes and denied the poor justice. So God told them to seek him and live, and yet they refused. We continue today in Amos chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, the Lord God of hosts, the Lord says this, There shall be wailing in all streets, and they shall say in all the highways, Alas, alas, they shall call the farmer to mourning and skillful lamenters to wailing. In all vineyards there shall be wailing, for I will pass through you, says the Lord. Now, the people of Israel thought that they were beyond the judgment of God. But Amos said, listen, you have no idea what's about to come down your way. There's going to be wailing in the streets. Now, they would hire professional wailers and mourners when someone would die. And God said, you're going to be hiring these lamenters to wail because it's going to be so severe what's going to happen. For I will pass through you, says the Lord. Now, you will recall back when the children of Israel left Egypt that God passed over them. He brought judgment to the firstborn of Egypt, but he passed over them when he saw the blood of the lamb on their doorframes. But this time, he would pass through them. He would pass through them for judgment. He would not pass over them. Judgment was coming to them. Verse 18, Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord! For what good is the day of the Lord to you? It will be darkness and not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion and a bear met him, or as though he went into the house, leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light? Is it not very dark with no brightness in it? Now, they desired the day of the Lord because they thought the day of the Lord was going to be the time when God judged their enemies and gave them freedom and peace. But instead, the Lord said, it's going to be a day of darkness. It's not going to be a day of light. And when this day comes, it's going to bring judgment against you. He said, it's going to be like this. It's like you're heading home and then a lion starts chasing you and somehow you manage to outrun the lion and you get away, but then a bear comes after you and somehow you manage to get away from the bear and then you go home and you're telling your wife about it. Oh, my, you're not going to believe what happened to me on the way home. And then you're leaning your hand against the wall and a serpent comes and bites you. In other words, you're not going to escape this. When I bring this judgment, there will be no escape. And this was the sort of deception that they were living in, that God was just going to judge their enemies and let them off the hook. But God said, no, you're, you're going to be judged. And the Assyrians were going to come in and basically clean house. Now, as we look at this as, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are also nearing the day of the Lord. We see 
world events aligning themselves with Bible prophecy. So what should our attitude be concerning the coming of the Lord? Well, first off, Jesus said that we should look up. Luke 21, 28, Jesus said, now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Now, for the believer in Jesus Christ, we have confidence that Christ is coming to redeem us from this world. As bad as it gets, that just means that we have even more to look forward to when the Lord comes. Second, we need to love his appearing. Paul, in his second letter to Timothy, the last letter he wrote, he said, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on the day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So, so Paul was looking forward to that day of the Lord when he would come. And he said, I'm going to get the crown of righteousness, but it's not only for me, it's for everyone who loves his appearing. So let me ask you, if Jesus came today, would you love his appearing? Or would you be terrified? And third, we need to prepare ourselves for the judgment seat. Now, the day of the Lord is not just a time of escape. It's also a time of judgment because we're told in 2 Corinthians 5.10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ where our works will be judged in that day to see what sort they are. They will be tested by fire and then we'll receive a reward. But knowing that we're all going to stand before the Lord, knowing the terror of the Lord, that is that he is the righteous judge, Paul said, we persuade men. We realize we need to help people be ready to meet God. Verse 21, I hate, I despise your feast days and I do not savor your sacred assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them, nor will I regard your fattened peace offerings. Take away from me the noise of your songs, for I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments. Now see, they thought that they were pleasing God by having their feast days, their Sabbaths, their offerings. But the problem was, it was all hypocritical. They were doing these things while they were also worshiping their false gods. And God looked at this as though they were committing adultery against him. And so he said, I hate your feast days and your sacred assemblies because it's a time of hypocrisy. And then he said, I'm not going to accept your offerings. I'm not going to Listen to your songs anymore. They are noise to my ears. Now, the peace offerings were like having a barbecue with God. And so you'd bring your animal, you'd sacrifice it. Part of it would go to the priest. Part of it would be burned on the altar. Part of it you would eat. It was like having a meal with God. But this would be like somebody inviting you over for dinner when they are really harboring hatred in their heart against you. They are treacherous. And they were worshiping the Lord on the Sabbath and on the sacred holidays, but then offering sacrifices to their idols at other times. And God wanted nothing to do with that hypocritical worship. As Charles Spurgeon said, periodic godliness is perpetual hypocrisy. 
God is looking for consistency and integrity in our worship. So may God help us to be consistent in holiness and that when we come before him, we're really offering hearts that are pure before him, worshiping him in spirit and in truth. But let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Now, God knows we need government. He designed government to be his servant, to punish the wicked, to reward the righteous, to help people do the righteous things they need to be doing. Human beings left to their own devices will act out the evil in their hearts and justify themselves all the way. We need government to purge wickedness from society. This does not excuse oppressive or abusive governments or justify government overreach. Human leaders will give an account to God for their stewardship, but it does show us that society needs justice to cleanse it from its evils. Justice should run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream to cleanse away evil. This is why it is everyone's duty to pray for our government, to pray for our leaders so that we may enjoy real justice and peace. Did you offer me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness 40 years, O house of Israel? You also carried Sikath, your king, and Kion, your idols, the star of your gods, which you made for yourselves. Therefore I will send you into captivity beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. It's interesting that God asked them this question. Did you offer me sacrifices? I mean, like, who were you really worshiping? And he points back to after they left Egypt, they were in the wilderness for 40 years, and yet they were worshiping idols even back then. Sikath was a Babylonian deity, but this is a play on words because Sikath can also be translated shrine. And Kayan means pedestal. It referred to the stands on which they placed their idols. They had worshipped idols and starry hosts in pagan shrines. And this began even during the 40 years in the wilderness before they came into the promised land. Now in Acts 7, Stephen quoted this passage in Amos to the Jews and accused them of always resisting the Holy Spirit. He said, then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven as it is written in the book of the prophets. Did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You also took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, Remphan, images which you made to worship. You see, Stephen was showing that their whole history had been one of hypocrisy. They were treacherous toward God. And even now they were resisting the Holy Spirit by rejecting Jesus Christ. You see, God ultimately sees everything. He knows what we do behind closed doors. He knows what we are thinking even before we think it. He hears every careless word that we speak. And one day, we will all give an account of ourselves before God. This same God who promises salvation to the upright, who trust in him, who call upon his name, he also promises judgment to the unbelieving and disobedient who reject him. Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, knowing the fear of God, we do persuade people so that they will be ready for the day of the Lord. We want to see them come to know Jesus Christ. And we prepare ourselves for the day that we will stand 
at the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of ourselves. Now, if we know Jesus, then our sins were already atoned for at the cross. Praise God. But our works will be tested by fire so that we may receive our rewards for the things we do in the body, whether good or bad. So may God help us to be ready for that final exam known as the day of the Lord. It is coming. We can be sure of that. And may it be a day of rejoicing for us and not a day of wailing and mourning. Shall we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And we must confess, Lord, there have been many things in our lives we have done that we would be ashamed of. But Lord, we do come to your cross. We come broken as broken people, recognizing that we are sinners that need your grace. I would pray for anybody hearing this today, Lord, that if they don't know you, that they would call upon your name today, that they would come through that narrow gate of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, and that they would know that their names are written in heaven. And for those of us who do know you, Lord, I pray that you would help prepare us for the judgment seat of Christ, for the day of the Lord when we shall stand before you and give an account of ourselves, Lord. May it truly be a day of rejoicing, a day of reward, a day of eternal blessing. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We're happy to announce that we're building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give toward this project, please visit calvarytv.org slash buildingproject. That's calvarytv.org slash buildingproject. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. Tomorrow we will see where Amos warns Jerusalem and Samaria about their ease in time of evil. They have not grieved over the affliction of Israel, so a nation will come against them. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Amos on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.